Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Well, another week, Dan. Another week of good shows coming up. Yeah, last week was great. Thanks, everybody. Your yeah, yeah. uh, show Thank is really kicking butt, and we are uh, rocketing up the charts every week now. So thanks to you. Thanks for spreading the word. Um, a lot of news, as always. Um, Always the Monday show is always tough for me to kind of triage what is uh, the most important. So uh, major updates, of course, on the Spygate probe. Peter Stroke is now one of the lead investigators looking apparently to testify up on the Hill, which should be, if it's anything close to what I think it'll be, uh, explosive. Uh, You know, I know that term is overused in the media business, but this is a guy intimately involved in the entire investigation, the investigation of Hillary Clinton, the interview of Mike Flynn. I don't know what to Uh, make of that, Dan. I don't either. I think he's been cooperating for a long time. And as I said on Fox and Friends this morning, I don't think there's any downside to him if he's been cooperating and has permission um, been cooperating in the investigation into malfeasance at the FBI in the Clinton email investigation, the Trump investigation. I don't think. There's any downside to him, Joe, to go up and clear his name up on the Hill and public testimony as well. Um, I'm going to get to that. There's a lot on the immigration front, too. The Democrats are just completely, entirely full of crap. And people are falling into this trap again, which is just the media just cannot is incapable of telling the truth. You know, you cannot rely on these people at all. Uh, Let's get to that. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Wax RX. You all know how much I love my sponsors, I do, and that I'll only work with companies I believe in and have a product or service that I believe could be valuable to you. If not, I wouldn't promote them. And this company does really solve one of the problems I've had Um, since I left the Secret Service and I use earpieces now. I've had this problem with your ears get all clogged up. It's really horrible and you can't hear anything. And when you're on TV with an IFB in your ear, an earpiece, the squiggly little thing, and you can't hear anything, you're in a whole, yeah, that's right, you're in a whole world of trouble. WaxRx isn't the sexiest product in the world to talk about, but as I've told you, I had to deal with earwax buildup because of the earpiece I wore all day and that secret service, and even now with TV, it's tough. The story I'm about to tell you uh, illustrates how the right product can change your life. This is from a listener whose nephew had his life changed by WaxRx. True story. My nephew, Brandon, dreamed of becoming an EMT and entered training. However, he quickly discovered he couldn't hear through his uh, stethoscope. Without being able to hear the patient's breathing or heartbeats, he simply wasn't going to successfully complete the training. I recommended he try Wax RX, and he used it to clean his ears. Amazingly, he removed a large blockage of wax from both sides. Instantly, he could hear everything, including through his stethoscope. True story. With his hearing restored, he finished his training and is now an EMT. Right now, you can go to, uh, you can try Wax RX, the Wax RX system, by typing in, get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> danger, danger, Will Robinson. Go WaxRx.com. Go WaxRx.com. That's GoWaxRx.com. Use offer code DAN at checkout for free shipping. That's GoWaxRx.com. This is a really, really wonderful product. Can't recommend it highly enough. Don't wait. You have no idea what you might be missing out on because of inner earwax. Who knows? It might just change your life. Visit GoWaxRx.com. That's GoWaxRx.com. Offer code DAN for free shipping. Okie doke. Before I get into the... um, Jim Clapper screwing up on other stuff. This, the, the Democrats are lying to you on immigration. Now, Democrats lying, um, elected Democrats. Again, I'm not talking about a lot of the uh, rank-and-file Democrats throughout the country who are, frankly, tiring a lot of this nonsense as well. I'm talking about political and bureaucratic hacks up on Capitol Hill and around there up in D.C. who just lie to you constantly about everything all the time and get away with it because they have something the Republicans don't. 
And that is a Pravda media willing to cover for their lies at every single opportunity. This separating children at the border. Trump is separating the kids and putting them in cages at the border. He's jailing kids. We had um, uh, a a prominent U.S. military official compare it to uh, Nazi uh, concentration camps, which is, yeah, I know, Joe, which is so ridiculous. Um, You should, you you know, your credibility has gone if you do something so stupid, but not with the mainstream media. It isn't, but it doesn't matter. Their credibility has gone. Here's what's going on. I've explained this to you before. I'm going to explain it to you again in even simpler terms because there are some people out there in the media who are lying to you and the story because of the Pravda media is now starting to get around. And of course, Trump is uh, to blame for something the Democrats actually did themselves. Right. There is a case from 1997, the Flores case, in which a consent decree was reached. It's called the Flores Consent Decree, conveniently, after Flores. The Flores consent decree from 1997, not 2007, not 2017, from 1997. The Flores consent decree says this, Joe. If you are in a child brought into this country illegally, right. you cannot be detained for more than 20 days. That is the interpretation of the Ninth Circuit. Right. The Ninth. The Nutty Ninth. The, nutty the ninth. Liberal Ninth, Joe. The Ninth Circus. The Nutty Ninth. The two, two names commonly given to the Ninth Circuit, Court of Appeals. This is a liberal-leaning circuit that is, that is overturned often because they're so darn liberal. Their interpretation, don't forget this, of the Flores consent degree is that children cannot be held by HHS or anyone else, Health and Human Services, for more than 20 days. If you enter the country with your kids illegally, In other words, you broke the law for liberal. I know you have a tough time with this, liberals. This is just common sense stuff for everyone else. But we have to do this extra slow for you. The 1997 decree said, again, you cannot hold these kids for more than 20 days. What's the problem with this? This was a Ninth Circuit Court consent decree. It applies throughout the country, obviously. Now, The effect of this, Joe, is if you are an illegal immigrant, and you enter the country illegally in violation of U.S. law, you will be separated from your kids because you will be taken into custody. Joe, doesn't that happen? What are you doing? They, you know that's not true, Dan. They're, 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 take, they're taken away in shackles. You know that's not true. He's like freaking true. out on a camera. I'm like, I, 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 like, what are you doing? What are you? What is she doing back there? Stealing the <laughs> wedding crashers, right? You will know Ferrell. It's not what true, is she Dan? doing? Ma, the meatloaf. The meatloaf. I don't know what she's doing. Oh, what Daniel. is she doing back there? I don't know what she was. No, you're right. It's liberals, of course, will tell us we're lying. Except the fact that you can look this up yourself there on you the go. interweb and figure this out. This is not hard. Now, what happens when if you bring your kids to the country illegally and you cross the border illegally? Keep in mind, Joe, none of this applies to legal immigration Bingo. at all. If you break the law, you will be taken into custody. Joe, now, I know I know people who have been locked up. When you're locked up, do you get to take your kids to jail with you? No, you don't, Dan. No, you don't. So you're, when you break the law, you are taken to jail, and you have to put your children in the custody of someone responsible. Right. Another parent, your grandparents, their grandparents, whatever it may be. This is not unusual for people who break the law. Of course, liberals are trying to make a talking point out of this. This You are... Please tell me a case where you break the law and you take your kids to jail with you. If you enter the country illegally, you will be separated from your kids because you broke the law. 
Now, where does this consent decree come in? They can't hold your kids for more than 20 days. Don't, I, I don't mean to repeat. I'm, I know you're not dopey or anything. I Please, I don't want to disrespect my audience. But you have to understand what's going on here, and the timeline matters. Because of this Flores consent decree, where you cannot hold the kids for more than 20 days, and they're not held in jails, they're taken into custody by Health and Human Services and others in other facilities that, listen, are probably not the best places in the world, but they're nowhere as bad um, as the liberal media is painting them out to be. They're not held in cages. It's all nonsense. Because the kids have to be released in 20 days, Joe. If you're caught entering the country illegally... Of course, if you're not caught, you're in the country illegally with your kids and you're not in a jail. There you go. But if you're caught, you can then be, you're deported back. You are not separated from your kids. You take your kids and you go back home. It's very simple. Why, Joe, are the Democrats pushing this talking point? Because what's happening now is because of DACA and other things like that and other uh, DACA, which has spread the myth that you can stay in the country no matter what. What has happened, Joe, is a lot of these illegal adults that are caught at the border, illegal immigrant adults caught at the border, are now claiming asylum. Mm -hmm. Now, what's happening? Asylum hearings, Joe, do not take 20 days. They take longer than 20 days. So the children are kept in these facilities while the adult is processed through the asylum system. Right. Folks, none of this is new. The only difference under Donald Trump is Jeff Sessions, his Department of uh, Justice Attorney General. Jeff Sessions has decided, Joe, get ready for it. This is dramatic. Get ready. Jeff Sessions has decided to actually enforce the law. Yes! Crazy how that happens. Crazy time. Sessions has decided to actually enforce the law. Meaning if you enter the country illegally, unlike in the final years of the Obama administration, you will actually be prosecuted for entering without inspection, which is a misdemeanor the first time and is a felony for repeat offenses. Right. None of this is new. None of this. This is not a Trump law. It's not a Trump rule. It's not a Trumpism. It is a law that's been on the books forever. The consent decree goes back to 1997. That 20-day mark matters, though, because you can, you can exit the facility once you're caught, not claim asylum, and you go back home, and you would take your kids back home. Right. But a lot of the people who are entering the country illegally are disingenuously claiming asylum in order to be able to stay, and therefore are, are kept in the justice system because they entered the country illegally longer than they would have been, and that's why they're not reunited with their kids. This is all a scam. Now, I'm going to have Dan uh, Horowitz from Conservative View, who Joe knows well, on my NRA TV show tonight, 530p. All right. NRATV.com. And Dan knows everything about this. He has a piece also, which I will have in the show notes today um, at Bongino.com, that describes in depth what is going on here. It's a terrific piece. But if you want to listen to my interview with him tonight, 530 p.m. Eastern, NRATV.com, it's free. I think you just have to give an email. It's not, they don't. You don't want to get charged or anything. It's just, you know, so they send you the shows and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, check it out tonight. Now, there's another really good piece I have in the show notes, Powerline blog, uh, a Powerline blog piece by, I think it's Paul, is it Paul Maringoff? I'm not sure. But it's a really good piece that describes this very simply. 
It's 400 words or less. You can read it in probably two minutes. And it describes exactly what I just told you. That it is the illegal immigrant who's caught, who's for some bizarre reason is trekking their kids across the desert and breaking the law, entering the country illegally. It's their claiming of asylum that is causing this extended separation. Instead of them just claiming their kids and going back home because they were caught. Now, Dan Horowitz has some amazing charts uh, charts in, in his piece. Again, the Powerline blog piece, very short, very sweet, explains what I just told you. But Dan Horowitz has some charts in here. Before 2013, Joe, before DACA, Deferred Amnesty for Childhood Arrivals, basically the amnesty program Obama, with his pen and his phone, uh, put in place for for children that that are brought here illegally. Before 2013, one of every hundred people claimed asylum. Today, it's one of ten. Why? Because they know, Joe, when they claim asylum, that they're going to be allowed to stay. And they know by bringing their kids that there was pressure to let them out to reunite with their kids. Look at Dan's chart for the surge of uh, the surge in, in unaccompanied minors, unaccompanied people sending their kids by themselves, Joe. The surge up 400 percent from Central American countries. 400% 400% from uh, 600% in one of the other Central American countries. I think it's, um, I'm not sure, he, he Honduras, Ecuador. But look at the surge. Happened right after DACA in 2012. Look at the chart. Because, of course, a system like this, DACA, you're going to get amnesty if you come here as a child. What do they do? They send their kids here illegally, putting them in very serious danger. Folks, come on. Facts matter. The Ninth Circuit said we couldn't hold these kids for more than 20 days. The kids have to be let out after 20 days. Are we tracking this? This is important. Yeah. The kids have to be let out after 20 days. They are separated because the parents came here illegally and are still being processed because they broke the law. This is no different than any other American citizen who breaks the law. You don't get those similar courtesies. If you break the law in the United States, you go to jail. You have to find someone while you're in jail to care for your kids. This is like uh, common sense, folks. The Democrats, of course, the radical far left is playing this up as a talking point because that's what they do. They think they've got a winner here. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to I got one other story I want to get to later. But this, again, speaks to what I've been telling you for a while. The dangers of the radical far left. I'm not talking about all Democrats here, but I am talking about the radical far left. These people are anti-American, folks. They are not. uh, Yes, Joe, absolutely. These are anti-American people. They are promoting basically a borderless United States in a world prone to terrorism, narco trafficking, gang violence. We need order at the border. I am so happy to hear them called what they are. They are. Thank you, Dan. They don't they don't want the, the very system of the constitutional republic requires a controllable accessible but c- controllable and and a monitorable b- border you can monitor a monitor you don't have a country without borders it's as simple as that this is an anti-american concept that we should promote essentially unfettered unmonitored illegal immigration all over our borders north and south anytime anywhere this is not an american idea 
The idea of immigration in general and the fact that America should be the land of opportunity has been an American idea and still is. The idea of an uncontrolled border that allows everything from drug trafficking to narco trafficking to use the using of coyotes to traffic both counterfeit and drugs across the border. The potential for terrorism across the border. People entering the country with malicious intent on the terror front. This is not an American idea. Liberals don't care. They sense a moment. They think they have a political winner here and they They are going to run with it despite the fact that everything they're telling you is a lie. It's a lie. This is nonsense. As I'm going to leave it at this. The easiest way in the world to avoid being separated from your kids at the border is to not cross the border illegally. It is no more difficult than that. As Obama would say, we'll make this crystal clear. We'll make this crystal clear. If you do not cross the border illegally... You will not be separated from your kid and arrested for crossing the border illegally. That consent decree is everything because the children have to be let out after 20 days. Do you get it? Because and it's because they're being let out and put with uh, another relative, another one, someone, another person from that family who's here or some responsible adult. That is a liberal thing. That is a Ninth Circuit decision. That's why the kids are and, and the parents can get the kids back and go back to wherever the, their country of origin was. Yeah. They're choosing not to. It's as simple as that. All right. This is important stuff, folks. Uh, you know, you, we need to understand. All right. I want to get rolling here because I got a lot more to get to. It was a really busy news weekend. I have another uh, radical far left anti-American story, too, I want to get to, which is really going to upset you. All right. Today's show also brought to you buddies at iTarget. Our buddies at iTarget iTarget is the best system out there for increasing your proficiency with a firearm. This is a great system because it requires no special modifications to the firearm you have now. And importantly, it allows you to train with the firearm you have now. You know, when we were in the Secret Service, you used to have these things. We called them blue guns. They were spray painted blue. And a blue gun was a gun with no firing pin, meaning it couldn't fire. Uh, it, was, it was an actual firearm. Like we had the six hour P229, but the firing pin was removed from it or, or shaved down or it could not fire around no matter what. And it, they were trainers. We would use them to train. The iTarget system allows you to train with the firearm you have now. No modifications necessary. What does it do? It allows you to dry fire, but you can see now where the round would have gone, which is helpful. What is dry firing? Dry firing is when you pull the trigger on a safely unloaded weapon, meaning you check it, you check it twice, you check it three times to make sure it is unloaded at a minimum. Uh, You finger probe the chamber, you make sure, you feel, you look, you look away, you can't make any mistakes there. But dry firing, we used to do this when I was a police officer and a federal agent, is when you safely pull the trigger on a safely unloaded weapon and it helps you work on the trigger pull. Where are you going to locate the trigger on your finger pad? In the middle, what's you know? Well, that's where I do it. And how are you going to line up your sights? You're going to get that equal light on both sides. You're going to get them level across the top. This all matters. Dry firing will increase your proficiency dramatically, but you have no idea where the round would have gone because the gun's unloaded. Thank God. But you could take your practice to the next level. The iTarget Pro will send you a laser round. You will drop it in the firearm you have now, and that laser round will emit a laser onto a target they send you, and you can see where the rounds would have gone. It works with a phone app. It is an amazing system. People love this. Love it. My co-author on the book is mad at me, as I've said frequently, Denise, because her husband won't put it down. It's that good. It is a terrific system. Go to itargetpro.com. That's the letter itargetpro.com. 
One more time, itargetpro.com. Use promo code DAN for 10% off. You will be shooting the wings off a firefly in a week, in a week after. This is great for cops, for law enforcement, for uh, military, first-time gun owners who want to learn how to uh, safely and proficiently handle a firearm. You know, as Second Amendment advocates out there who, God forbid, you're involved in a self-defense scenario, this is the system for you. Remember, competitive shooters who do this for a living, they dry fire 10 times more than they live fire at the range. Go check it out, itargetpro.com, promo code DAN. Okay. Ah, uh, incredible uh, uh, breaking news this weekend that the media, uh, the media is just disgusting. I can't, I can't take it anymore, Joe. I just, um, you know, I was, can I just tell you like a personal story? So this weekend I'm, yeah. I'm going, to, I was going to church and I'm, I, I like on Sunday to get away from it. I know it sounds bad because this is kind of what I do, but Sunday night I'll pick it up a little bit and start, start doing my homework for, um. You know, for Sunday morning, for, mm-hmm. for excuse me, for Monday morning, because I got to do Fox and Friends on Monday morning. But I do like to get away from it. Um, this is you. You all work really hard. This is not hard work physically. Joe and I were kind of talking about this weekend. I love what we do. It's challenging, but it's not hard. Joe, there are people who work for them, and I have the ultimate respect for them. The plumbers, the electricians, you tin knockers, steam fitters, truckers driving all around the country. That's hard work. Mm-hmm. Grave diggers. I used to do that. People work in supermarkets, stocking shelves all day. But it is mentally exhausting at times. Not snowflakey. I'm not whining about it. But because I'm a father, I do. It gets me grumpy sometimes. I bring that up because yesterday I see this breaking news story from the Washington Post. And you know what, Joe? I didn't even news that Pelosi cut. Darn. Oh, I got it. All right. I got it. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe we'll get to it later. Okay. Uh, hold on to that. But I'm watching Maria Bartiromo's show on Fox, the, uh, Sunday Futures, which is an amazing show. She has been knocking it out oh. of the park with Devin Nunez. And at the same time I'm watching Maria Bartiromo interview Nunes, I'm reading this piece in the Washington Post about another, unbelievably, another approach of the Trump team from someone with suspected ties to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot attest right now to the veracity of this story. And if this guy who approached Roger Stone from the Trump team through Michael Caputo, if this guy was in fact put up to it by the FBI, we don't know that yet. We do know he has prior history with the FBI. I'm just telling you, if this is the case, that another person with FBI context tried to entrap the Trump team with allegations of, hey, I've got info on Hillary. Do you want it? You want it? You want it? You want it? And finally, uh, what? What is it? There we go. We got him. Entrapment. Again, it happened again. So I'm reading this story, and then Devin Nunes pops up conveniently and basically ruined my whole Sunday. I don't mean it in a bad way. It's not Maria Bartiromo's fault. She breaks tremendous news on her show now. But it ruined my whole Sunday because the media, again, is portraying this as, here's the media title. More suspicious contacts from Trump team members. Here's the real headline, but it should have been. More attempts to entrap the Trump team by people with connections to the FBI. That's the real headline. But the media is unbelievably uncurious about this whole thing. Play this cut from Maria Bartiromo and Devin Nunez. There's a couple of really, really incredible revelations in there. Chairman Gowdy was very, very clear with the Department of Justice and FBI and said that if there was any vectoring of any informants or spies or whatever you want to call them uh, into the Trump campaign before the investigation began, we better know about it by Sunday, meaning today. He was very, very clear about that. 
and as you probably know, there was breaking news this morning that uh, now you have uh, a couple Trump campaign people who are saying uh, that they were that they they have actually they've amended their testimony before the House Intelligence Committee. They sent in uh, both Friday night and this morning amendments to their testimony saying that in fact they feel like somebody they don't they're not claiming it was the fbi but someone ran informants or spies into them to try to get information and offer up russian dirt to the trump campaign now this would have been in may of 2016 which is obviously months before this counterintelligence investigation was opened by the fbi into the trump campaign what what Come again, please. What? <laughs> Folks, the FBI investigate. This is what this is the whole crux of the scandal. I was on Fox and Friends this morning and I was explaining how paragraph one, how this investigation started. This story keeps changing. The official story, ladies and gentlemen, please follow me on this. The official story is the investigation started on July 31st of 2016 based on a tip from an Australian diplomat about a meeting he had with a Trump official, George Papadopoulos, in London, where the subject of dirt on Hillary came up. That is the official story. Why is the FBI and DOJ continuing, as you just heard from uh, Chairman Nunes and Gowdy this weekend? And listen, uh, that tip to Gowdy. I know we were hard on him last week, but yeah. he's been great since, I mean, Aussie's been all over it. Good for him. He has been all over the FBI saying, give us the darn info right now. Why is the FBI hiding the information about the orient uh, the the, um, the orientation uh, initial orientation where they were headed during the first days of this uh, of this investigation, folks? I'm telling you because this investigation started before July 31st, 2016. The official story is it started on July 31st, 2016. How is it then that the spy, that Halper, the spy reached out? Before July 31st, 2016? How is it now that Roger Stone, if the story is true, Roger Stone was contacted by another guy reaching out with supposed dirt on Hillary before July 31st, 2016? Folks, do you understand the gravity of this scandal here that even the FBI's in paper trail on the case, they're trying. Here's what I think is happening, because you're entitled to some inside input on what, what I think is going on rather than me. Just I believe what's going on here, folks. Is that this case was started illicitly. It was started with. Denise and Matt and I are almost done with the book. And in the book, there are Department of Justice and FBI procedures, folks, on how and when the appropriate steps to investigate a CI case and a criminal case, how these steps are to work. In other words, Joe, you should not use a spy, a human source until the X. You should not. There are formal steps. You're Mm -hmm. supposed to have this amount of information and that amount of information. Mm -hmm. Here's what I think they're hiding. Those formal steps were not followed because the origins of this case were political. They were not criminal. 
and they were certainly not of any counterintelligence value. This was a political push by people in the Obama administration, I believe John Brennan included in this, and Jim Clapper himself. There were people in there in the Department of Justice, in the CIA, and the National Security, uh, excuse me, and the uh, National Security Apparatus, the ODNI, Jim Clapper as well, that started this investigation for political, not criminal or, or CIA means. What does that mean, folks? That means if you were supposed to have X amount of information points about criminal activity before you introduce a human spy, the FBI is being asked right now by Gowdy and others to produce point one through ten that led you to introduce the spy and they can't do it because what happened? The spy was introduced first and then points one through 10 came up. That's the problem. We look for uh, people after crimes are reported. We don't look for crimes after people are reported. There is a huge difference there. Hence the FBI's efforts now to either sweep up anything that happened before July 31st Sweep it up. Make it go away. If the investigation formally started on July 31st, Joe, and that's when they're telling us we were good. We had information points one through 10 Mm -hmm. that led us to believe there was enough evidence to start a CI investigation against Trump. Mm -hmm. And that that one through Joe, if this doesn't make sense, please Mm -hmm. stop me. This may be one of the more important points I've made during the show. You need information points one through 10. We saw subject A do this, subject B do this. We have bank records here. We searched the internet here and found this. Mm -hmm. We had this, and therefore, on July 31st, we were properly authorized, according to FBI and DOJ procedures, to open up a counterintelligence investigation into a political candidate for president. If that were the case and the information was there and we had... uh, you know, you know, the Manchurian candidate, fine. I'm not looking for spies to run for office either. Right. But what if all that stuff before July 31st, what if none of that was there? What if they only had point one and two, some anecdotal nonsense information that could have been lies, and they ran spies and informants at them anyway in violation of, well, where's point three through ten you needed to start this? Uh, we didn't have it. Reminds me of Goodfellas, Joe Pesci. Bing, pow, boom. Remember that? Ping, <laughs> pow. But they didn't have it. Now the effort is going on to backdate pieces of information. Right. I'm going to tie this into Clapper in a second. It's all going to make sense because cool. there's another piece, great piece by Luke Rosiak in the Daily Caller that's in the show notes today that you have to read. Luke kind of hints at it, but I'm going to take it to the next level. There's a reason they are trying now to backdate information into April. Why? Because, Joe, anything that happened after July 31st, when the FBI alleges they had information points 1 through 10 that authorized them to appropriately start a CI investigation, if, if that is in fact the case and it just turned out that the investigation was a bad call, but it was properly open, nobody's in any trouble. Copy that. You get it. Investigations are started all the time at the local, federal and state level that turn out to be, you know, if I accuse Joe of felonious mopery tomorrow and Joe is not, in fact, guilty of mopery, then the investigation goes away. You know, Joe may have to get a lawyer, but I may not be guilty of anything if I had 10 pieces of information. I'm just using 10 as a round number, folks. But 10 pieces of information, Joe was guilty of mopery. Right. The problem is 
They didn't have 10 pieces of information when the investigation started prior to July 31st because we already know now that at least one FBI connected informant spy was reaching out to the Trump team, a process of running a spy at them that should have taken 10 pieces of information that were not available. Why? Because the investigation didn't start yet. If the investigation had started, it would have before the spy, the investigation would have started in May, not July 31st. Please tell me this is registering with you. Having been, you got it? Yeah. Having been a Fed. This is a serious breach of protocol, and we're running into some really serious problems here. Yeah. That an unauthorized, unaccountable investigation in violation of the DOJ and FBI's own rules may have been started as far back as May when the FBI is saying it started in July. Now, you just heard Nunes. So Nunes makes two points, that they're done with this crap with the FBI. Produce this darn information right now. And he makes a good point there that Gowdy said, now, Nunes always knows stuff. He's always very cryptic in his appearances. I, I don't I don't know Nunes, and let me be crystal clear. I've not interviewed him yet. I have never had a conversation with Nunes in my life. I'm trying to get him on the NRA TV show. But my suspicion here is Nunes knows a lot, Joe. So when Nunes goes on Maria Bartiromo's show, which, again, is breaking news every Sunday now. I can't recommend her show. Yeah. Enough, <laughs> right? I mean, me and Joe wake up every Monday morning. What did, what did Nunes say on Maria Bartiromo? Right? Yeah. Every week, Joe knows it's coming. Do I send it to him ass, on Sunday she? night? Great. It, it's incredible. Nunes hints in that piece that, hey, um, you know, we've been asking for information about the FBI running informants before they actually started the case up, and we haven't gotten anything. And God forbid those informants were being running him before the case started. Joe, winkaroo, not a ruski. Ha ha. What do I get? You think Nunes is just saying that for nothing? <laughs> In other words, for, folks, I've said Ferks a few times. In other words, Ferks, maybe we'll put that on a shirt. The FBI was running an unauthorized investigation before the investigation actually opened. I don't believe Nunes is telling Maria Bartiromo that for nothing. But he then brings up again that second point about Roger Stone and Caputo being approached by another guy who has had contacts with the FBI before. And this guy offered, uh, wanted $2 million for dirt on Hillary, to which Stone, according to his account, told him to pound sand that Trump doesn't pay for information. But this is now, now we have the Russian lawyer meets with Don Jr. alleging to have Trump on, uh, to have information on Hillary. The Russian lawyer, she shows up with nothing. We now have um, uh, Downer who alleges that Papadopoulos told him about dirt on Hillary that he learned from Joseph Mitsud, a Maltese professor on April 26th, who's now disappeared, and a Maltese professor Mitsud's friends are claiming he's a Western intelligence asset. We now have Halper approaching uh, Trump team members, asking about dirt on Hillary. And we now have another allegation that another guy connected to the FBI approached the Trump team with information on Hillary. Folks, how, are we suckers? That the media is so uncurious about this is infuriating. It ruined my whole Sunday. Because I can't believe how stupid they are. If this was the Obama team, and the Obama team was repeatedly approached by people connected with the George W. Bush administration about a dirt, dirt on the Bush team, 
Yes, Bush team members approaching the Obama team with dirt on, supposed dirt on the Bush team, in an effort to entrap them in a collusion scandal with foreign governments. This would be the story of the decade, if not the, I mean, if not since the inception of the United States. Mm. But the media, in an effort to sweep this away, this is, this is the genius of this, the, the, this the, these, these slobs, what they're doing here. This is a genius, genius plot. The headline every single time, because Pravda, the Pravda media wants to cover for this, this mammoth scandal. The headline every time another contact with the Trump team comes out, Joe, every time is another suspicious contact with people connected yeah. to Russia. The real story. This is the genius of it. This is so beautiful what the media is doing, tactically speaking, and so disgusting at the same time. Every time a person working with, I believe, the Hillary team through the State Department, the Department of Justice, and the intelligence community to entrap Trump. Every time a story breaks about their contacts with the Trump team, instead of media, the media reporting as what it is, which is an entrapment case, what do they do? Suspicious contacts with Russia. It is so incredibly disgusting and dishonest. But it, it is tactically, it's amazing what they're doing. It is incredible how they've gotten a swath of the American people to completely disregard the fact that our government played a role in the entrapment of a major party presidential campaign. It, it's, it's, it's so incredible what they've done. I mean, it's, they're just uh, horrifying. Now, I keep talking to you about the efforts to backdate information prior to July 31st, because again... Remember, July 31st is the date crossfire hurricane. The invest the investigation into Donald Trump from the Rolling Stones song, Crossfire, you were born in a crossfire hurricane, started July 31st. If anything happened involving steps that should have only taken place after July 31st, remember... Uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really, I'm really apologize because I, I, I'm, if I'm confusing anyone, this I'm doing you a major disservice, and maybe I'm assuming too much from my own investigative uh, background here. I'm not suggesting to you that nothing could have happened before July 31st. I'm simply suggesting to you that's the formal date the investigation opened. Before that, when you're a federal agent, it's not uncommon for you to, you know, rattle some of your sources. Hey, have you heard anything about Joe right. and Felonius yeah. Mopri? It's not uncommon to do um, what, what I used to do in the Secret Service at the time, auto track searches. And, you know, a lot of this is antiquated now. LexisNexis mm-hmm. stuff, information on Joe, prior addresses. It's not uncommon for you to do stuff, okay? What is incredibly uncommon, if not illicit, immoral, and certainly unethical, is to take advanced investigative steps that intrude on Joe's privacy without any evidence at all of criminality. So I'm not suggesting nothing. If anything happened before July 31st, the FBI is guilty. No, no, that's not true. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying to you, running a spy at a presidential campaign in the initial stages of an investigation in in direct violation of the FBI and DOJ's own rules about when you can run a spy is something I've never heard of before in my life. Forgive me for repeating myself, but this next, this next part of the show is not going to make any sense if you don't understand that. 
Hence, there's a rush to backdate information and say, no, no, this didn't happen in July. This happened in April. Piece by um, Luke Rosiak, Daily Caller. Jim Clapper, Joe, Obama's ODNI, as Director of National Intelligence, in his new book is now saying, listen up. Remember the dates. Everything's got to be for July 31st now because now we have to make the spy seem ethical, right? This is a tweet from Natasha Bertrand. Clapper, in his new book, writes that Russia used a third-party cutout to send more than 19,000 DNC emails and more than 8,000 documents to WikiLeaks and Assange show in April of 2016. The IC had a suspect as to who that third party was, he tells Michael Isakoff. So Clapper, fascinatingly enough, is backdating all of this now to April. Now, let's go to the piece. Where you get this? Hold on a second. Here we go. Now, April. The case starts in July. Clapper's saying, hey, we got all this information about the DNC being hacked air quotes, hacked by the Russians, because nobody knows that yet, uh, back in April. Did you really? The piece by Luke Rosiak continues, Joe. The DNC's CEO, Amy Dacey, learned of the breach in late April and brought in the private cybersecurity firm CrowdStrike. But CrowdStrike's presence did not stop the flow, and the majority of the emails weren't even written, much less stolen, until after the company was already on the scene. Here's the kicker. Don't miss this. Most of the emails were written between May 5th and May 25th. Folks, in, in, in case you're a liberal and you're missing this, emails, Joe, have this thing called a yeah. timestamp, <laughs> which you cannot manipulate, at least practically speaking, right? The D, if, why would you manipulate emails you're sending from the DNC if you don't even know your emails are being stolen? The dates on the email stolen are between May 5th and May 25th. The DNC did not give the servers to the FBI. The FBI relied on the analysis from CrowdStrike, which didn't come out till way after that. So how is Clapper claiming now to know about emails stolen in May back in April? Ah, ah, how's that? Huh? Bing, pow, boom. How's that happening? So there's only two scenarios here. Barack Obama's head of national intelligence, the DNI, director of national intelligence, Jim Clapper, knew the Russians had hacked into the DNC in April and allowed them to steal emails all the way up to May 25th. Or Jim Clapper is entirely full of crap and is making a preemptive effort to backdate the information Joe he quote had, which he's making up. He didn't have this information in April. In an I see, where you go. I see. Are you on the trigger? You got the trigger yeah, finger I'm going there. <laughs> All right, let me. I see you. All right. I'm going to finish this. I'm going to let you do you. How could he have the information back in April if the emails weren't stolen on May 25th? Oh crap! Yeah, <laughs> Joe gets an itchy trigger finger the with the drops. The crapper, <laughs> folks. There's only two scenarios here. Clapper's lying, probably likely. Clapper's lying in an effort to backdate this FBI case 
Not formally. It formally was open July 31st. None of that's going to change. But to backdate the information to cover, oh, we ran a spy because of X we had in April. Are you tracking? Back in April, we had all of this. This is They didn't have it in April. The emails were stolen on May 25th. That tells me you heard it here first. You heard it here first, babe, to steal your, babe, babe, you've heard it here first. Now you're going to see some breaking news coming up and give it, give it a week, maybe a couple months. I don't know when it's going to come out, but now you're going to see information about more people with contacts with the intelligence community in the United States, the Clintons or the FBI that approach back in April. That is going to be the next shoe to drop. I see it going that way. I see exactly what you're saying. I bet the listeners do too. Now, I hope so, because if not, I'm doing you a huge disservice. But uh, and listen, I'm not I I mean, I don't I'm I don't put too much stock into a lot of stuff I read. But WikiLeaks, unless I can confirm it, I can't confirm this because I don't know anyone at WikiLeaks (laughs) at at all. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But WikiLeaks, if you read the Luke wrote, please read. It's in my uh, show notes today at Bongino.com. And again, if you subscribe to my email list, we'll email you these articles. I do a lot of homework getting good articles, so I really appreciate it if you wouldn't mind uh, subscribe to the email list. But Rosiak prints a tweet by WikiLeaks, where WikiLeaks, who released the DNC email, said in a tweet, Joe, after this clapper allegation, we had this information back in April. Wow, that's funny because the uh, emails were for May. <laughs> so you let this happen? No, we didn't let it happen. So how'd you have the information in April? Oh, oh man, well, maybe there's an FBI thing. WikiLeaks, here's their tweet. WikiLeaks tweeted back, the published DNC emails go through to May 25th, making, quote, April an impossibility. Also, Clapper got even the basic numbers wrong, Joe. WikiLeaks says there are 44,053 emails, not 19,000. There are 17,761 documents, not 8,000, as Clapper claimed. Clapper gets literally everything wrong, but admits he doesn't know who our sources are. That's WikiLeaks' response. I can't vouch for the authenticity or, uh, or credibility of that. I'm just telling you, I can vouch for the fact that the, the emails are unquestionably stolen up until the end of May. So Jim Clapper's story about how he knew about this back in April, I'm telling you, is obviously a cover job for an operation being run with the IC or someone else to entrap the Trump team as far back as April or even earlier. And they're in a desperate effort right now to rewrite the timeline of this case because the official case where they should have been running spies and other people, if it was legitimate, didn't start till July 31st. Make sense? Folks, I'm telling you, we're looking at the biggest scandal of our generation. The lies will never stop. And when you hear it in the next few weeks that there's information back in April. By the way, Joe, that information back in April was being generated on the uh, on the Trump team, despite the fact that the case didn't open to July formally. When you hear that, just remember you heard it here first. Now, just just checking. I'm just checking with my loyal listeners out there (laughs) who are already picking up. We're already been picking up what I've been putting down. When did Joseph Mifsud, the Maltese professor who starts this whole thing, he's the one who seeks out a relationship with Papadopoulos after he's hired by the Trump team, this low-level foreign policy advisor. This guy with Western intelligence connections, in other words, us and friendlies, he seeks out this Trump advisor And he meets with them when to tell him about, hey, the Russians have information on Hillary. When does this happen? 
April 26th. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh, as my grandmother used to say. <laughs> she used to emphasize the, the T's and words, too. I love my grandmother. God rest her soul. Cattle. There was a cattle battle in Seattle. That was my grandma. She used to say that all the time. Love her to death. Cattle battle. She used to say that, too. Oh, my gosh. Gosh. G-A-W-S-H. Mifsud meets with Papadopoulos on April 26th. Mifsud is the one who pushes the information into the Trump orbit that FBI assets try to pull out later. Try to pull out in an effort to say, look what they have. Information on Hillary. They were colluding with the Russians. How are they colluding with the Russians? Uh, because we had a spy push the information into the Trump <laughs> team. About, oh, oh, okay. Sounds legit. Why can't anybody find Mifsud? Why is Jim Clapper in a desperate effort to rewrite the timeline? Why is everybody backdating material now? In contrast to common sense, the memos were stolen in May. We knew about it in April. No, you didn't. Because the push is the real scandal. Who was running Mifsud at the Trump team? Ladies and gentlemen, God forbid Joseph Mifsud turns out to be a Western intelligence asset that was put up to telling Papadopoulos about these Hillary dirt. Was put up to it by Western intelligence friendlies. Oh my gosh, do you have chaos of the umpteenth order. Take a deep breath. Oh, all right. Man. I got a couple. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. That's what that's clapper. Read the show notes that I've really that I put together some really good stuff for you. Okay, uh, today's show also brought to you by buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. One of my original sponsors, still one of my favorites. I take their products uh religiously. I love them. Um, I do. I've been taking foundation from the beginning. Foundation, you know, let me talk about foundation today. I usually talk about field of greens, which is another great fruit and vegetable uh, supplement, which is terrific. We know that helps our, you know, cognitive abilities, our health, everything. But foundation was the original product. If you are looking to, listen, it's beach time, right? It's summer season. Everybody wants to kind of look a little better, you know, get rid of a little bit of that six pack, make the muscles look a little more toned, right? Well, obviously, you know, you go to the gym, eat healthy, and that's all great. But if you need a little edge, you want to try Foundation. Foundation's a great product. It's a creatine ATP blend. Now, creatine's not new. I'm not going to spin your wheels. Creatine works. Works. Joe, does a little Joe oh, yeah, love Foundation? Yeah, it does work. I've seen it. Seen it it does work, right? See, I'm not messing with you. Little Joe is like, when I first so met little. Joe's son, little Joe, <laughs> no. he's not so little. He was little yeah. when I met him. He was a string bean. And when you're a string bean and you put on muscle, you look like a monster overnight. When you're a little, um, let's say, let's be politically correct here. We'll do snowflake <laughs> talk. When you're a little puffy, you know, when you build muscle, you don't see it right away because there's a little puff in between, a little yeah. bit of padding, you know? Little Joe didn't have that. The kid was ripped, but he was, I call it like skinny ripped. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't have any muscle. So Joe, little Joe starts lifting, gets on foundation. The kid's like a monster now. He's a monster. The kid's terrifying looking. Luckily, he speaks softly and he's a nice kid. I'd be worried otherwise. But he, he gets on the foundation and he tells us, dude, this stuff works. I said, I, I know, I told you. I gave a bottle to my nephew in Fort Lauderdale. Kid wanted to drive up to get it. <laughs> It's that good. And all, if you don't believe me, take the seven-day mirror test, okay? This is, this is a Dan Bongino original. Get on the foundation. It's a creatine ATP blend. It's like having two, not one gas tank in the gym, two extra gas tanks. Give yourself like a little mental snapshot what you look like in the mirror, right? Give it seven days to load. It takes about seven days to build up in your system. And look seven days later. You're going to be like, whoa, this stuff is the real deal. 
Go check it out. It's called Foundation. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Check out Foundation today. Little Joe, best spokesman in the go. world. Yeah, he he yeah. does. I, when I we used to, Joe and I when we used to do the show from my basement in Savannah Park, Maryland, before we moved. Joe, you remember Joe yeah. used to work out. I had a gym down there, and me and Joe used to like hide in the back room in this little studio, which was tiny. Me and Joe aren't yeah. small. Joe's taller than me, and we'd be cramped in this little room doing this podcast. And I'd hear outside clink, clink, clink. It was little Joe <laughs> lifting the weights outside. Remember, now he's he like, used to spar with you. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, uh, dude. Meanwhile, back then he was like 120 pounds. I'm like, dude, sure I can't do, do that. that <laughs> now I don't want to. Now it's the other way around. Now he's thinking the same thing. You don't want to do that, Dan. I don't want to spar with little Joe. I've been getting. I've had to take off jujitsu for a little while, folks. My arthritis is killing me. Which reminds me, one of these days I'm going to get to a show on my stem cell stuff. Yeah. I'm not going to do the whole show, but I've been itching to give you an update because there's a lot of negative information out there about stem cells now, and it's, uh, it's. I don't know. A lot of it. It's not my experience. I had an unbelievable experience with it. So I'm going to get to that soon too. I, I um, it's important to me because I saw a report in the news here. They're like, oh, this is a scam. It's not. It, that's total BS. Everybody I know who's tried it, including my mother-in-law, is, you know, I think there's a lot of political stuff going on with that. Okay. Uh, what else? So Stroke's going to testify. Uh, says he's going to testify. That's going to be huge. Remember, this was a guy involved in the Clinton email investigation the interview of Flynn and the Trump team. He's also the number two in the counterintelligence division. Again, this has the potential to be the most overused word in the English language right now, other than literally is explosive, but this can really be explosive. Now, with regards to testifying, before I get to my final story, uh, Trey Gowdy too, I put this on my Twitter feed, appeared on Fox News and I retweeted it. He appeared on Fox News and said what I told you last week in my evaluation of the IG report, folks, that... One of the biggest things to come out of that report is now Jim Comey is is a, a completely not credible witness in an obstruction case. Don't forget this point. Gowdy himself, who again, has I think gone out of his way to my chagrin to be deferential and and speak nicely about the FBI. I mean, I was I was furious at him the other week. Even he himself said Comey's finished now. Remember, the IG report destroys his credibility. The entire impeachment case against Trump, if it's made, is going to be on an obstruction of justice charge that he fired Jim Comey to stop the Russia probe. There is no hard evidence of that. He did not tell Lester Holt that. I've already read what he said. If you believe that, you don't know what you're talking about. He did not tell Lester Holt of NBC he's fired Comey because of the Russia probe. That's not what he said. I already read to you what he said. The evidence is going to be that the, the, that the impeachment trial is going to try to bring up is that Comey believes he was fired because of the Russia probe. Comey, Comey is now entirely not credible. Why? Jim Comey himself had a personal email account, which he was a personal email account, folks, while he was investigating Hillary for a personal email account. He also was shredded in the IG report for insubordination and for violating rules and procedures. He is not going to be a credible witness at all. He is, imagine him on the stand. Mr. Comey, were you investigating a private email account by Hillary Clinton? Uh, yes, sir, I was. Did you, in fact, have a private email account as well? You conducted official business on Yes, I did. Thank you. Case closed. Mr. Comey, can I point to you page whatever of the IG report where it says you were clearly insubordinate and didn't follow department rules? Is this the way you run your FBI? Because Rod Rosenstein, by the way, who fired you through the memo, the memo he wrote about your insubordination, all of his information has now been confirmed in this IG report. He's a not a credible witness. Even Gowdy recognizes that.
Don't forget that. That's the biggest takeaway thus far of the IG report outside of the Obama emailing Hillary on the private email thing. All right, one last story I wanted to get this in. I was sent this by uh, a producer at Fox, so I didn't get to it at Fox and Friends this morning. They were like, hey, check this out. I started the story talking about how the radical far left is grotesquely anti-American, and uh, I believe it, and I'm sorry if that offends your delicate sensibilities because I, you know what? I'm really not sorry uh, because you are. You want an open borders policy. It's going to destroy this country. It's going to lead to an increase in narco trafficking. It's going to lead to an increase in illegal immigration. It's going to lead to uncontrolled borders, potential terrorists entering the country. Now, of course, not everybody who enters is going to fit that criteria. Thank God. There are people who come here to work, but they have to come here legally, not illegally. You want to hear another story about how radically anti-American, according to our values, the radical law yeah. far left is? Important the New York Post today. It'll be in the show notes. There's a gang database in New York, Joe, in the New York City Police Department. The gang database is a database of gang symbols, gang activity, potential mm-hmm. gang members. There is nothing unusual. There is nothing illegal. Um, I am a small government libertarian, but there is nothing illegal about being entered into a gang database to track gang activity if you self-identify as a gang member. Now, liberals are losing their minds over this gang database. They oh, stereotypes. Oh, my gosh, there's potential for discrimination. You told people you were in a gang. You self-identified as a gang member. There's nothing unusual about this. Law enforcement databases are as old as law enforcement itself and the invention of the computer. Matter of fact, pre-computer. We used to have, like, index cards and things like that and paper files where you could make connections. Joe, what I find interesting mm-hmm. about this story is think about the irony of this, and I'm going to leave you with this for, the, for this Monday. If you identify with the conservative movement, God-fearing, liberty-loving Americans who respect the small government and respect the power of each and every individual to live a prosperous and, and, uh, and, and uh, liberty-loving lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? If you identify with that, you are immediately labeled a misogynist, a racist, a xenophobe, an Islamophobe, a homophobe, a transophobe, an istophobic, phobophobic, phobophobe. That label to you is applied immediately by disingenuous, disgusting, radical far leftists looking to engage in identity politics because they have an agenda, a power agenda, and they want to discredit you immediately. They will drop the racist word on you in two seconds flat. The most horrible, most one of the most disgusting words in the English language they will drop on you in a heartbeat with not only zero evidence that it's true, knowing right. that it's false. Yet, if you self-identify as a gang member, in other words, yes, I'm in a gang, the Latin Kings, the Crips, the Bloods, whatever it may be, MS-13. If you self-identify and you're put in a database to track gang activity and make connections for law enforcement purposes, the left has a hard time with that. Isn't it amazing how the left falls in love with identity politics when they can destroy and decimate the reputations of God-fearing, liberty-loving Americans? But yet when you label MS-13 animals or someone self-identifies themselves as a gang member to put in a database, the left has a problem with that. Ding, ding, ding. This is how horrible and anti-American these people are. They will side with our enemies, MS-13, gang members, and criminals before they will see the, 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 the frailty and the disgusting nature of their own point of view and labeling Americans what they label them. They label them the most horrible things, but when criminals are labeled, they don't like that. 
I was going to bring that up on Fox this morning, but we ran out of time. It was just uh, it was a busy segment. Disgusting what they do, and they don't even see the irony. All right, thanks a lot, folks. I really appreciate you tuning in. Please go to the website, Bongino.com. Check out the show notes today. The stories are really, really good. I have a story by Byron York, too, at Washington Examiner, which lays out the timeline for this case and how it keeps changing. It's definitely worth your time. See you all tomorrow. Thanks a lot. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.